You're listening to the Business and Barbecue Podcast, hosted by Tim Harridge. Tim Harridge is an active entrepreneur who built and sold six companies by the age of 40 and enjoys sharing the ups and downs of business and entrepreneur life. As for the barbecue, that's just something he has a passion for and likes to share as well. Here's your host, Tim Harridge. All right, all right. What's cooking, everybody? Tim Harridge here. Welcome back to another episode of the Business and Barbecue Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics of late. We're going to discuss the things you've done in your business or your personal life recently that have moved the needle. We're going to talk about ways to prioritize. We're just going to talk about a little self-reflection, conversation I had with another investor last week, and a whole lot more on today's episode of the Business and Barbecue Podcast. I can't wait to dive into it. I'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash TH and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash TH today, get started with your free trial, and claim your one free audiobook. All right, everyone, welcome back. Again, this episode is called Needle Movers. And the reason I want to talk about needle movers is most of you know, I'm getting ready to host the first REI Mastermind. The REI Masterminds is a concept I have actually had in my mind for probably four years now. It really goes back to the whole reason I kind of give credit to my own success is the people I've met throughout my life that were willing to give to me. And I found a lot of success in my business by going to meetings, going to groups, being involved in organizations that had conferences and conventions. It's no hidden secret that I was a member of the Homevestors We Buy Ugly Houses franchise for a while. And one of the things I love the most about that organization was the annual convention in the Mid-Year Summit. And not as much from the point of view of the things that were taught. It was more the conversations you have with people in between sessions, the group breakout sessions, I found a tremendous amount of value in. And then the networking and the after hours in the bar. Because when you come together with this like kind group of people, I think it just creates an atmosphere where growth happens. And so, as I said in the previous podcast, I recently bought a Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins mastermind training because I do want to do a mastermind and I'm going to host the first mastermind on August 17th. But I believe in education. I believe in self-education. I believe in research. So I wanted to do this and it just so happened that I listened to Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast with John Lee Dumas. He had Tony Robbins on. Then he had Dean Graziosi on. I went to the live cast where they had like a quarter million people there. And, you know, I paid a couple thousand dollars for this course. And so it's really been a good course. And I've gained a lot of it, not only for the mastermind business that I've started, but also for just kind of running my daily life. And there's a lot of different tools and tricks and things that they talk about that we should host doing the masterminds. And one of them, there was needle movers. And it's just one of those things. I first did this part of the training on a plane flight down to Jamaica, and I was pretty sure that I had really exhausted the topic. But after returning from Jamaica, when you spend a week on the beach, it's it's kind of hard to snap back in. So I pulled this little tool out and I said, okay, let's talk about the biggest needle movers in my rental portfolio in the last 
90 days in the last this year so far is kind of the way I looked at it. Because more and more, when I look at my businesses, probably the one I work the least on every month is my actual rental portfolio. And it is probably the most performing asset I have. I mean, every month the houses go up in value. And that's not an every month thing. I get it for the skeptics out there. But by and large, every month over a period of at least three years, you've got increase. There may be some down periods, not really in the type of houses I personally buy, but the way I look at a rental property, it's an inflation indexed annuity with an underlying asset base. And it's really the perfect retirement. The houses go up in value. They may not this month. There may be a down year or two. Typically when there's a down year or two, then you have a really up year or two that basically knocks it off. So it's definitely a long game investment. As Michael Plack said on our recent episode, there's really only two types of investments, right? You either own own businesses or you own real estate. Now, some people could say you own commodities or like gold or something, but that's an asset. That's I don't look at that as an investment. I mean, some people do, but owning gold is not going to produce income for you, right? It's an asset that you have to sell for the most part or take a loan out against in order to drive income. The thing I love about real estate is it goes up in value and your rental income is set by the market that goes up with inflation. So if your property taxes, people say, well, your property taxes go up. Yes, they do. But they also, when property taxes go up, your rents go up. People say, well, your insurance goes up. Yes. But when your insurance goes up, the rents go up. So I love that the income is typically tied to the kind of the cost of living. And and so anyway, I'm way off track here. But so what I did is I went back in my needle movers and I said, okay, Tim, it's one of those exercises we're going to do in the mastermind together and share and everybody talk about. But I just wanted to kind of share this little part of it. Right. So I just kind of asked myself, I said, you know, what was the biggest needle mover in my rental business in the last 180 days? It was kind of funny. What I came up with was actually that I made it a focus. Right. So that was number one. Like I started to focus on it. Number two, I had a talk with my wife and we discussed taking the better houses that my wholesaling and flipping business found and selling them from the wholesaling flipping business to the rental portfolio for a markup, which is kind of necessary because we don't live off our rental property. Our rental property are our investments, right? So when you're looking at my wholesaling fix and flip business, the money made there is money that's used to pay our living expenses, you know, our cars and our groceries and our kids' colleges and all that. So it's been kind of the internal conflict for the last 15 years. When we got a really good house in the wholesale business, we would sell it to another landlord so that I can make 30, 40, $50,000. Well, now kind of talking to my wife, it's like we came up with a formula that we'll just buy that house from that entity for kind of the same that we could sell it to anyone else for because it actually only makes sense. And so we were able to do that and that was good, right? So number one, I focused on it. And number two, I found a way to kind of pull the better houses out of my one business into my long-term business. And then number three was really just me spending the time to break down the financing of the houses. I switched everything to 30-year financing. I switched everything to 75% loan to values. We're paying four to five percentage points on the front end to low, buy down the interest rate because we plan to have these loans at least 10 years. And just when you do the financial math, which is impossible to do over a podcast, the paying an extra three points to save half a percentage and 
APR after three to four years that you're at break even after five to seven years you're way ahead after 10 years and it was a home run right but also the way these cash flow based mortgages work and I don't want to turn this into a financing lecture is the lower your interest rate the higher your cash flow which then typically means you can borrow more because the loans are actually kind of limited based off of the loan to value or the uh, debt service coverage ratio kind of the the money that the property makes so it it's actually kind of interesting. I pay the five points out of the loan that I'm actually able to borrow more on because I pay the five points. So it's like, it's been a huge needle mover because it has reduced our effective cash in the deal by five to 7%, which then again, leaves equity in the company, which means we can buy more. So we've added three or four just really good rental properties to the portfolio. And you know, every one of them has in equity. They all cash flow five, 600 net, net. I mean, it's been fun. So it was important to ask that though, because what takes up my time all too often is my postcards or my Google pay-per-click for my wholesaling business, right? What takes up my time is things that don't move the needle for me personally. And, and so with this needle mover thing, you can do all sorts of, you can do one of these for every every part of your life, right? Like my marriage, what in the last 69 days has helped there? So the next question is, what, you know, what are three positive impacts that have been made, right? And when I look at like what I've done in my rental portfolio, I feel like I'm creating creating more time for myself because these properties are just so much better that I just, I can't tell you. I mean, the cash flow is higher, the equity is higher, and I can see a point in the future where these houses are worth so much money. That's my retirement. It's always been my retirement. Certainty. I feel like these houses that we're targeting now based off of some of these new strategies I've worked on will provide a more consistent cash flow. I feel like they're in better neighborhoods. I feel like they'll provide more consistent appreciation. I just feel all in all, like it's better investing. So I feel like three positive impacts. Like I feel like I'm going to have more time. I feel like I have more certainty. The last is like, I'm excited about my rental portfolio. I mean, a lot of times it gets in the way. It's a, it doesn't really make me money right now. So I don't really care about it, but it's like, once you actually start getting excited about it, then you want to work more on it. So I found myself really happy with the rental portfolio. It's led me to creating some new lines of credit. It's led me to exploring some new financial arrangements. And then next question on this thing is how can you add fuel to make it even better? And it's like, oh, wow. Because then it's fun, right? Because I'm already excited about it. So then I start thinking, what can I do to do more of it? Right. And so like my wife and I, we've spent just hours talking about buying more houses from ourselves, right? We've talked about decreasing the make it ready speed because we can refinance these things kind of as fast as we can get them fixed up and rented out. So it's like, it's one of those things I've been thinking like, okay, how can I get them rehab faster, right? We're working on that with our property manager. I've been looking at ways there's my primary refinance needs me to own it for 90 days. There's a couple out there that are a little bit higher in interest rate that will do it in uh, 30 days, a little bit lower loan to value, but I'm kind of weighing that. And then I told her another way we can add fuel is to make it more of a focus to have weekly meetings on, on it with me and her and talking about our net worth and talking about what we can do to make it bigger. Because that I'm, I'm just telling you like the net worth part of this is the thing that gets really exciting really quickly and it's fun. And then the next question is, you know, what's the number one thing it could do for you and your business in the next 12 months? In life and in business, you get stuck in kind of the work loop, right? Make more money, buy bigger house, 
make more money, buy a nicer car, start new business, spend more money. It's this uh, kind of addiction to work, right? I think we as um, Americans, like almost like we feel like we have to work. And so the number one thing that this part of my business could do for me that I was thinking about was I really see a path forward now of how I can stop my wholesale business altogether in the next 12 to 18 months and only buy eight to 10 rent houses a year and to kind of fan that fire, we've actually made decisions personally to limit our needs for personal income so that we can actually plow more of our cash into buying more houses and really just taking advantage of what are low rates and, you know, really high demand. And frankly, everybody talks about how expensive the Dallas Metroplex gotten. It's not all that expensive. Um, You still can't build a house for what we're buying these houses for. So as long as that remains the case, I feel like it's a great investment. You know, replacement costs is one of those things that I look at a lot. And, And, you know, what are three steps you could share with the group so they can model it? So what I would do if we were in our the mastermind setting, which is going to be August 17th, in Rockwall, Texas, my hometown, is I'm going to share the financial model that I use for my rental properties, right? I'm going to share the kind of checklist and the criteria that I've set up for my rentals, right? Is it a three bedroom? Is it a brick? Is it a frame? That kind of thing. And so we're kind of buying the houses differently now. We're buying based off of a gross yield instead of like a discount to market. We're buying, looking at LTV and modeling the financing into the assumptions to where we really know we're kind of looking for any house that we can get in and out of for like 25 grand out of pocket. And that's just different than the way we used to look at it. And it's it's working. And what I found is the houses it's putting me in are just so much <laughs> better than the houses I used to get put in. So it's called the needle movers exercise. It's one of the things we're going to spend some time on. And at the REI Masterminds in Dallas. Well, it's, it's not Dallas. It's Rockwall, which is next to Dallas, August 17th. If you'd like more information, go to reimasterminds.com. Again, that's reimasterminds.com. The first in-person meeting is on August 17th in Rockwall, Texas. Information about how to apply is on the website. If you're accepted and you decide to join the Mastermind program, we have an online community that we're spurring up where everybody can kind of get to know each other and communicate in advance. But I was talking to this investor earlier this week or last week. We were on the phone and I just said, hey, man, you know, what's your biggest needle mover in the last 90 days? Like for your rental properties, for the whole reason, this long term wealth, this high net worth that we all say we do this business. What's your biggest needle mover? He's like, man, that's a good question. I don't know. And so I just say, no matter what business you're in, I don't think it really matters if you're a real estate investor, if you're a landlord. I don't think it matters if you or an entrepreneur that sells the scalps tickets. I think any business you can sit down and say, okay, you can be a hairdresser. You can be a landscaper. You can really be in any profession. I think the point is you have to figure out what is making positive impacts and then focus in on that, hone that and do more of it. Because I think there's a lot of busy work in our lives and there's a lot of things that we're doing that may even make us money, but they don't make us happy and they don't lead to our end goal. So the way I look at it is do this little needle mover test, go through, figure out what's working, figure out what has made a big impact in the last 90 to 180 days, quantify what those positive impacts are, figure out what more you could do to even improve those impacts, and then figure out the number one thing that doing this could do for you or your business in the next 12 months. And I'm just telling you, it makes it more exciting. It makes you want to do it. It makes it become a priority and it makes it fun. 
So that's really all I have to say about needle movers. We're going to take a quick break. We can come back, talk about my upcoming trip to San Antonio, a little bit of barbecue, and what's coming up the rest of this summer on the Business and Barbecue Podcast. Stick around. I'll be right back. Start collecting more leads in minutes. Not only do I use HubSpot's free CRM, but I also use their free marketing tools. Start turning visitors into leads today. Sign up for free at HubSpot.com slash TH. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Tim Harridge here again. So it's been an interesting summer so far. It's been a little bit difficult for me to focus. There's a lot of activities going on at the house with my oldest son getting ready to head to college, my youngest son with his athletic camps, and just the struggles of an entrepreneur. So yeah, I share this needle mover exercise with you today because it has helped me kind of focus the time that I do work on things that are really important and also, there's going to be these times where these little tasks or ideas come into your mind, and we'll go into this in the mastermind a lot. If it's not a needle mover, it could be a something that belongs on your not-to-do list, and if it's on your not-to-do list, it may sound attractive, it may sound fun, it may sound profitable, but it doesn't move the needle. What I'm finding is sometimes there's just not a whole lot of reason to bother with it. So this week, I'm off to San Antonio. I am becoming a certified food judge. I'll be judging in in the World Food Championships in Dallas this fall. I figure if I'm going to be giving my opinion about all these barbecue restaurants, I might as well have some sort of certification to back it up. This week, the Business and Barbecue Facebook page is hosting a Let's Talk Business and Barbecue little lunch at Pecan Lodge in Dallas. If you're not a member, just check out the show notes, join the Facebook group. If you have any recommendations on good barbecue to eat between Dallas and San Antonio, Texas, drop me an email. Stop by timherridge.com. Look at our recommended books. Catch up on the most recent podcast episodes. Check out our barbecue reviews. Submit a question or a topic that you would like to hear us talk about. Coming up in the next couple episodes, we have the CEO of Imaginuity, a large marketing firm based here in Dallas, as well as the CEO of Renters Warehouse, the largest national property management company today. I hope you're enjoying your summer. If there's ever anything I can do for you, just email ask at timherridge.com. If you have barbecue questions, Questions, tips, advice, or recommendations, email bbq at timherridge.com. Stop by the website, check me out on Instagram and Facebook, and until next time, keep cooking. Thanks for listening to the Business and Barbecue Podcast. Make sure you check out our other episodes and stop by timherridge.com to say hi. We want to hear from you. Until next time, keep, keep cooking. cooking.